This is Bishop Michael Curry, and you're listening to The Way of Love. In this episode, we're talking about the practice we call worship. Gather in community weekly to thank, praise, and draw near to God. May the way open before you. May you see beyond darkness and light to the love you are, to the love you bring into the world. Welcome back to The Way of Love, a podcast from the Episcopal Church about following Jesus and changing the world. I'm Kyle Oliver, and I'm here with Sandy Millian. Thanks, Kyle. And a reminder to our audience, The Way of Love is a set of seven practices, turn, learn, pray, worship, bless, go, rest. Today, we're talking about worship. In many ways, worship is at the center of the Christian experience, especially for people in the Episcopal Church. But that doesn't necessarily mean we think a lot about what worship means or why we do it. So in this episode, we'll get to share a few different perspectives. Yeah, and as always, uh, we're going to start with some teaching from Bishop Curry. Uh, the first thing I asked him was about what's the difference between worship and another common Christian experience? What, what in your mind is the difference between prayer and worship? I know sometimes that's confusing for folks. Sometimes it's confusing for me. Let me tell you what I have finally figured out. I mean, I, this is this is Michael Curry. Now, I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, but, you know, if you ask yourself, why do we need to go somewhere and worship with a community of people? I mean, I can do that at home. Okay, that's true. But there's a, there's a certain sense in which me having to get out of my home and kind of be discomforted a little bit to have to go somewhere else to be with a bunch of other people, um, you know, even if they're family and friends in the church I know and love and they all love me, but probably some of them I wouldn't choose to be with and probably a bunch of them I wouldn't be with in any other context, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, t- there's something good about me having to get out of my world, Michael's world, and go into a place that's kind of us. That's the first step in unhinging me a little bit from my self-centeredness. That's the first step. The next step is the act of worship. To actually worship is a way of reminding me that I'm not the center of the universe. Another way to say it is, Michael, you're not God. It's not all about you. <laughs> and, and that is what worship ultimately is, is about, to behold um, that which is greater than all of us and of everything, of which we are a part, but not the whole. <laughs> we are a part. And, and that, I think we have to go to church, so to speak, or synagogue, mosque, whatever it is. We have to go to our place of worship as a way of reminding us constantly so that the rest of our time is lived with the awareness. Because I think the great, the great illusion um, of selfishness is that I'm God. That's why the Ten Commandments, I am the Lord thy God, thou shalt have no other gods but me. That's why God like loses his mind in the Old Testament and Hebrew scriptures about idolatry. <laughs> because it's the fundamental deception of the human person to be deceived into not being the human child of God, into being God themselves. And so worship 
is to enter into a place with a group of people and to then do things that move me beyond me. Some of them are hymns. <laughs> Some of them are readings of scripture. Some of them are preaching, prayers, bread, wine. Mm. It's bread and wine, but it's more than that. Something else is here. The whole experience is actually ingeniously designed to decenter myself and recenter my life on God. I left my house. I'm here with these other people. Exactly. We are looking to another. <laughs> yeah. Now go out into the world that way instead of the way you came in. <laughs> From Michael at the center to God at the center of my life. That's a game changer. Now, to be honest, there's sometimes I don't want to do it. But that's human. What are some ways you decenter yourself each week? How does it feel to put God or other people in the center of your awareness and concerns? What do you think it is about, um, you know, we, ha we have the prayers and that's familiar. We have scripture and that's familiar. These are other practices from other parts of our lives. But when we, when we come for worship, there, our senses are engaged in, in some ways that maybe we don't usually experience. And yep. how do you think that pulls us in? What, what, what is that? You know, part of it, I do think part of it has to do with the strangeness of it. I mean, think about it. <laughs> Where else do you take bread and a glass of wine and make a fuss over it? When you think about it, I mean, or water and make a big to do. There's something about the worship of the church, I think at its best, that actually is alien. In the Episcopal tradition, people vest and they put on costumes that are kind of weird. I mean, you know, somebody might come in church and think, is this Halloween? I mean, everybody dressed up. and You know, it's, it's weird. There's like, it's like this old stuff from ages ago. It's almost like from another world, which I think is where the power is. That pushes us beyond being more creatures of the contemporary world to ancient ways of coming in contact with God that are as old as Abraham and Sarah and Melchizedek in Genesis. The one, the Bible says he was so old, he had no birth or no death. <laughs> that's pretty old. That's an alien character. That's yeah. alien. Yeah. And it's that, that's, I always admire the Orthodox because when you see Orthodox clergy in public, they look like people from another world. And they are. Yeah, that's witness. That's the witness. Yeah, yeah. There is another world. Yeah, and so and so worship at its best pulls us out of ourselves. It puts us in community. It points us towards God, and it reminds us of, of this like mystery at the heart of yes. creation. Yes, 
There's a prayer in the prayer book that, that, that um, oh God, you have taught us in returning and rest we shall be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be our strength. And then it says, by the might of thy spirit, lift us to thy presence where we may be still to know that you are God. There it is right there. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you, friend. So, Sandy, now that we've heard a little bit uh, from Bishop Curry, uh, I think we wanted to say a little bit about our experiences of worship. What's what's worship like for you each week? Well, um, we we go to church twice uh, every Sunday. Uh, I come from a family of priests, and <laughs> uh, it's very diverse because my dad is uh, in charge of a, of the Haitian community, and my mom is in charge of the Latino community. So mm-hmm. I get to experience church and worship uh, in a different way every Sunday. Are those yeah. two communities like part of the same church? Yes, they're two different churches that share the same space. If that mm. makes sense, two mm-hmm. different communities that share the same space, but it's very similar. I mean, culturally, uh, Latinx people and these mm. two communities share a lot of share a lot in common culturally. The way I experience it, the worship in the Haitian community, um, it's more of a solemn, more of a high church type of vibe. It's it's very like incense with the use of incense, and and the the songs are a little slower. Uh, compared to the Latino uh, uh, service, that it's more hype music, more on the evangelical side. Mm. Um, we get to sing and dance a little sometimes. Do you find that the different styles of worship change how you are relating with God uh, during the service? I think so. Um, I think I've become someone different. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Mm. Not necessarily become, but... Yeah, experience God in a different way while I'm in each service. Because in the Haitian service, I sit in the uh, with the people, but in the Latinx service, I'm part of the worship team. So there's there's the piece where your role is different, and then there's the piece where like the the, the worship that's going on around you is different, and mm-hmm. and both both are a factor. It sounds like. Yeah, they they both are a factor. What about you? Do you have any special? ways to worship i mean you've experienced uh, different worship styles and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing yeah yeah i've um I, i've been a member of of several different churches growing up and um more recently i've i've been on the staff as a as a clergy person of of, of several um, different churches and i certainly resonate with with that idea that um th- that the style of worship sometimes um helps us kind of like access different um, different feelings, maybe even like sort of different parts of the witness of scripture and the Christian story. You know, I think mm-hmm. some some styles of worship just sort of get at you know different different aspects in different ways. Mm-hmm. So I, I worked in in one uh, very traditional church, incense and uh, <laughs> very traditional vestments, and, and a large percentage of the service was sung. And and it's interesting. I, I had a lot of people say that they really appreciated hearing the gospel sung, um, you know, sort of chanted. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never never experienced that before. 
Yeah, and I loved doing it. And when I am in a church that worships in that style and someone else is chanting, I do not listen. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's so funny, like uh, like that style of worship, I, I, I love leading it, but, but it, it's not necessarily kind of the home base style of worship for me you know, mm -hmm. for me personally, I, the, the church that I just, uh, finished working at recently before, before the move that my wife and I just did, um, I really fell in love with this service. It was a Sunday evening service, um, 25 folks, you know, probably on average. So it's really small, intimate gathering, lots of the service, both, um, both the, the officiants roles and, um, the roles of the people, lots of it was was improvised. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah, so there was no strong, you know, we we knew what songs we were going to sing, and and we knew kind of the order of things each mm -hmm. week. You know, we, we uh, it was still predictable what was going to happen, but everything from the sermon to the um, to the prayers was was sort of a group effort and lots of people got to uh got to contribute you know so as the leader it was sometimes like slightly nerve-wracking because you kind of <laughs> never know what somebody's gonna say yeah and and that's that's a good thing i think yeah but i really i really fell in love with you know with that idea that of course you know we say that the liturgy is the work of the people mm -hmm. but when you're in a small group and 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 when it's not totally scripted you know, that reality, I think, um, gets really emphasized. You really just get the sense of like, hey, we're actually like building this experience of worship together. Mm -hmm. um, I, I found it, I found it really powerful. I, 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 I miss it um, often. Mm -hmm. And that reminds me of uh, last year. I while I was in New Hampshire doing my my year with the Episcopal Service Corps, we got to um, go to an Easter vigil in one of the churches up there. And you saying that it was people were participating in the service reminded me of that day I was asked to read one of the readings, but in the form of of storytelling. Mm. So it was very engaging because people were actually listening to you. So I got to add my own, um, you know, sassiness and like questioning <laughs> to God, like, like how, how you would think you were actually, you would actually talk to God if you were, for example, Moses telling God, telling him to, you know, part the sea, you will be like, uh, really? You think yeah. I, I can, you know, so it, it is, <laughs> it is very different. And, and you feel like you leave that place understanding not only the scripture, but your own experiences through the scripture a little better. And I think a lot of people, uh, do experience that when the service and the worship and aspect of a service is more engaging with the people. Yeah, yeah, and more maybe in our sort of colloquial language, uh, yeah. and yeah, and bringing just our um, like our sort of normal everyday ways of being um, mm -hmm. to bear on the on the service. Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum, I've also had really powerful experiences. Um, I was in another one of those uh, you know sort of high church kinds of settings one time, and. I remember going up for communion, and this was a very old style church where the, um, you know, the, the kind of screen that's kind of up there separating the choir and the ministers from the people, mm. that kind of architectural element was there. And so, um, you know, I just, I remember, I remember walking up and the, the front of the church was totally filled with incense. I mean, really wow. totally filled. <laughs> 
and the choir was singing on the left and on the right. And, you know, you really did, I'm thinking of Bishop Curry talking about those Orthodox clergy and the, yeah. um, the, the sort of sense of otherworldliness. I really did feel like I was like entering this, this just whole nother world that was all about um, having this this like rich encounter with this God who is mysterious, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. And I just think it just goes to show that, that, that that's not my sort of home base. That's not the thing I sort of long for. But but that really works too. You know, there, there's like I, I I and maybe this is particularly like a clergy centric perspective. I don't know, but I <laughs> I really am glad that we are part of a tradition that that includes all of this. Yeah, that's true. And like Bishop Curry says, people are always, you know, amazed at when they come and visit Episcopal Church because it's so intricate. It's so people are dressed up, we use incense, we we eat <laughs> during the service. Yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a little bit about Sandy's and my experiences with worship, but we would uh, love to hear some stories from you, our listeners. So take to social media and uh, use the hashtag way of love. The show was produced by Kyle Oliver and me, Sandy Milien, and it was edited by Kyle. Special thanks to Ana Hernandez for providing our theme and reflection music. Check out her website at anahernandez.org. You can subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd love it if you rate and review it or share it with a friend. If you'd like to contribute music, a prayer, or feedback, write us at wayoflove at episcopalchurch.org. This is Eduardo Rivera from Parkland, Florida. Oh God, be present to us as we gather with others before you to worship. Open our hearts and minds to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Help us give thanks, confess, and offer the brokenness of the world to you. As we break bread, may our eyes be open to the presence of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit among us, making us into one body, the body of Christ, being sent forth to live the way of love. Amen. The way of Jesus is the way of love, and the way of love can change the world.